We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Tim Deneau, the winner of the 2011 FFPC Main Event Championship with his co-owner Tim Bolu. In his FFPC career, Deneau has won nearly $250,000 and is placed in the top five of FFPC main event on two separate occasions. In this episode, we discuss proper roster construction for the championship round, Keenan Allen's place among receivers this year and next, and what quarterback he's considering starting over Dak Prescott with his team in 35th place overall in the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship. Also to kick things off in this podcast, we'll hear from 2016 FFPC main event co-champion Nelson Sousa to give his opinion on whether Alex Smith is back, what's in store for Alex Collins the rest of the year, and more. You can follow Sousa on Twitter at the underscore franchise 12. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. 
Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it helps support the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, let's check in with the champ, Nelson Sousa. Nelson, uh, Alex Smith in in week 13, he seems to be back to to that Alex Smith we saw week one against the New England Patriots. As you look at the championship round landscape, is he the type of guy uh, that will be in your lineup uh, with games coming up against the Raiders, Chargers, and or the Dolphins? Easy there, Eric. (laughs) Let's not get carried away. He had one big game. Okay, it kind of came out of the blue. Yes, he's got a couple of good matchups coming up, and he, he's worth, you know, starting, but, you know, I, I don't want to get too crazy and, and say that's what we should expect from him. Is what we're going to see from him over these next few weeks, is it going to be closer to what we saw when they were when the Chiefs were really struggling, um, you know, and Alex Smith was really struggling and talks about Holmes being – um, you know, coming in for him uh, in replacing him in the starting lineup. Is he going to be closer to that or closer to the the world beating Alex Smith we saw in September? I, I think based on the matchups, it's probably going to be a little bit in between. Um, you know, again, it, this is the time of year that you you got to go with the quarterback that, you know, brought you there that you trust the most. But if you've got two quarterbacks that you've been kind of streaming all year, and Alex Smith was one of those guys that, you know, the last couple of weeks you haven't really felt confident putting him in your lineup. I, I think this, especially this week, you know, against Oakland, he's definitely a guy that you should start. Speaking of Alex's, as long as we're on the subject, is there any reason to not think that Alex Collins won't be a top 20 running back the rest of the way in, the ball, in Baltimore? We saw, you know, a lot of people thought, myself included, thought Danny Woodhead would really – take control of this backfield that has not happened Terrence West has not had any kind of impact on this and and if there's been any competition it's probably been from Buck Allen thus far you look at Alex Collins and what he's doing there is this the type of guy that you can plug in as your second running back uh, in the championship round actually I I do I I actually like what I've seen out of him I like the fact that uh you know Baltimore has used uh Danny Woodhead sparingly but you know, the only concern right now is we got to worry about this uh, whole migraine issue that uh, Harbaugh brought up uh, after the game. So sometimes those things can linger, as we know, with some players that have uh, been affected by that. So um, we'll, we'll have to see. Hopefully that doesn't, you know, uh, ruin a good thing because it, it looks like he could be like a legit starting running back that can put up some, you know, 20-point games that you need uh, come come shootout time. It sounds. Uh, let's keep it talking about the running backs here. It sounds funny, but for as long as Damian Williams is going to miss time with this shoulder issue, and it sounds like it's going to be a multi-week thing, it does not look like he's going to be back in time for Week 14 this coming weekend. Should Kenyon Drake be locked in your lineup uh, because he had a great game against, you know, maybe not a Denver defense that that was their Super Bowl caliber defense from a couple years ago, but certainly still a solid one. You look at what Drake was doing. Is he a guy that you would be looking at starting uh, in the fantasy playoffs and in the main event and FPC championship rounds? Yeah, I mean, this answer is going to be a little bit biased because I've always been a Drake fan. I I like those kind of backs that are, you know, pretty explosive uh, running backs that, you know, can take one play to the house. 
Um, I like pass catching backs, and that's what Drake is. I mean, he he's got good hands. He's good in the passing game. Um, you you know, you saw last week. You know, he took that. He was having an all right game, and then he took that one one play to the house. You know, for a touchdown. That's what he can do. He doesn't really need a you know heavy volume. Uh, he's definitely a guy that I think you know you got to lock and load in your lineups and and you know run with them. Uh, for as long as Williams is out, hopefully it's these next three weeks. I wonder if Kenyon Drake could be like, I, I don't know what the chances are of this happening, but I wonder if he could be this year's Arlen Harris, this year's Jamal Charles, this year's Tim Hightower, you know, the guy who, you know, I don't want to say he's coming out of nowhere because we know what we had in in, uh, in Kenyon Drake after Jay Ajayi got traded. Uh, a lot of people were picking him up then, but you look at what he could be over these final three weeks of uh, the fantasy season, maybe he's a guy we're talking about uh, at the end of uh, at the end of the year. Is man, I wish I would have gotten Drake on my team. Yeah, you, the guy that looks like that's going to be this year's Charles right now is, is Kamara, but uh, Drake definitely looks like he could be. You know, in comparing players, I always like to do that uh, from previous years. Is probably that one year that C.J. Anderson had. Um, where he kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, he had the, the, I think it was an injury to Monty Ball or something like that. And, and uh, Anderson, you know, kind of finished, you know, pretty strong, you know, putting to, stringing together some, uh, some good weeks. So that I, I could see that. I could see where, you know, it's, it's exciting to see, you know, this week 14, because it all comes down to this, you know, you, you have all these players that, you know, performed well all year for you on your team. And then in this three-week sprint, it what, what matters is there's going to be true difference makers that, you know, just happen to have, you know, their big games at the right time. And Drake might be a guy. Uh, I agree with you that we're talking about saying, you know, oh, you, you needed to have Drake this year to, you know, win an overall yeah, it certainly uh, it, you know, stands to reason that he could be that player. You know, you look at what you and David uh, and Austin have done this year as far as your teams. I know you got a bunch playing uh, you know, different high-stakes leagues. You're, you're, you're playing for the playoffs uh, and for titles in those leagues. But you also have several teams both in the Football Guys Players Championship and the Main Event Championship rounds. If there's one player or a couple of players that you three are going to be pulling hard for uh, that can help you not only, um, you know, finish near the top of the leaderboard or dare I say repeat, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens over the next three weeks. Who are those players that you guys are going to be cheering hard for? Yeah, the core players, um, I, I was setting, uh, we, we just figured out all the teams that, you know, uh, snuck through and, and made the shootout, you know, because there was some... Uh, some teams up in the air up until last night's game. So we're finishing that up today. Uh, and then I'm going to set up our player portfolio, you know, just to kind of see where our ownership stands. But just looking at it uh, quickly, it's definitely going to be uh, Russell Wilson is our most owned quarterback. And then for running backs, it's uh, definitely um, Gurley, Melvin Gordon, uh, uh we own a little bit of Kamara. Uh, we own a little bit of Drake. And then um, probably Funches and Jimmy Graham are the kind of the core guys that we're going to be rooting hard for. 
And I would say the the what all those guys have in common is, you know, not only are they are they pretty explosive players, but they've already shown a penchant for putting up these Bafo fantasy weeks um, throughout this season. So, you know, maybe they do it again uh, in the championship round for you guys, and, and maybe it'll be a, another great year for you. That remains to be seen. It is going to be a ton of fun. We will definitely all be uh, watching uh, not only the games, but the leaderboards as well. Good luck in the FFPC main and as well as the Football Guys Players Championship. Nelson, I certainly appreciate uh, you talking to me again this week, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks to Nelson Sousa for his input this week. Now here's $250,000 winner and former FFPC main event champion, Tim Deneau. Tim Deneau, the 2011 FFPC main event champion looking to maybe become the Football Guys Players Championship uh, overall champion. Maybe you'll add that to your resume this year. Tell us, uh, because now this is six years in the past, so I'm sure some of the memories have faded, but I'm sure some of them are still very clear in your mind. With uh, your uh, with your co-owner Tim Bolu, what what do you guys or what do you remember about that uh, that three week sprint in the championship round when you won the two hundred grand? Well, I can tell you it was one of the most up and down roller coaster rides of my life. We um, it was the day after Christmas. Uh, we were sitting there in the lead with Marcus Colston and the uh, our opponent had Matt Bryant going. Um, we thought we had it locked up. It was something like seven point lead for us. So, so it looked like a pretty much a slam dunk. And the, on the first series, Marcus Colson, not in the game. And I remember looking at Tim going, you gotta be kidding me. And apparently he was getting benched for something for on the first two series. So he did not play at all. And on the first couple series, Mark, um, Bryant kicked two field goals. All of a sudden, we're no longer in the lead, and we're looking at each other like, this is really happening. And on that next drive, I'll never forget the first three plays right to Marcus Colson, the touchdown. All I remember is Tim jumping on my back, me running around a bar, celebrating playing TNT because that's our team fantasy name, uh, spraying champagne all over the bar. Luckily, these, the bar owners loved us. Um, and it was such a great experience and one that we absolutely will never forget. So um, I, I still remember like it was yesterday, and I'm hoping we get to really enjoy that at, at another point later on here shortly. I got to believe that, you know, not – I mean, obviously seeing the Colston touchdown was amazing, but just seeing him on the field, you know, on that yes. third – you know, whatever it was on that third series. So it's just like – because now all of a sudden you have a chance – and Colston versus Bryant in a coin flip. Well, you know, I'll take my chances with Marcus Colston. But just seeing him on the field, you guys had to be like, I mean, your heart had to skip a beat then. Yeah, I think, though, the problem is is I'm negative by nature. I'm always like, what's going to happen here? I know, oh, he's going to get hurt. or so, so all those thoughts were still going through my mind. But when he caught the touchdown, caught the three balls, it was kind of like sinking like, holy crap, we're really going to do this. And, you know, we've had a couple of runs where we were top 10 going into the last week, and then our team literally put up 90 points, and, oh. and, and we fell out of the top 20. And – um, you know, we've had two top five finishes in the main event, um, but that one certainly will always be the most memorable because, well, you know, it, it's it's certainly special to, to take down a, a championship for the pride factor and certainly the money is is uh, another great, great uh, prize, you know, so that's. I, I don't think we'll ever top that the first one, but we're looking forward to trying to uh, 
to come close here. Yeah, absolutely. And and certainly, you know, almost nobody has a top five finish. It's very difficult to do that. You guys have two under your belt. So certainly uh, I think it's clear you know what you're doing. However, you do not know what you're doing enough to win 200 grand playing fantasy football with the FFPC every single year. Uh, what do you do when you are not winning 200 grand uh, with the FFPC, Tim? Well, I'm actually very lucky. I own and operate Nor'easter's Baseball, um, which is a baseball program that has around 600 kids in it, both softball and baseball players. Uh, we have three different locations here in Massachusetts uh, where we provide elite baseball training, uh, and we help kids through the college process, uh, placement process. So um, I'm all sports all the time. I get to, to work on developing youth athletes and at the same time uh, enjoy the passion of fantasy football. So I can't, can't say that uh, I'm not a lucky guy. I get to deal with sports 24-7. <laughs> yeah, definitely not, nothing wrong with that. I, I, I certainly uh, envy you in that regard and, uh, you know, that regard and then winning all this money in fantasy football. Certainly <laughs> uh, very awesome as well. Well, congrats on once again managing that TNT team into the elite tier of the Football Guys Players Championship. I think one of the reasons that you guys have come on over the last couple of weeks has been Jamison Crowder, who's certainly turned it on for Washington as well as your squad. Do you see him continuing to be that primary receiver for Kirk Cousins over Josh Doxson the rest of the way? I, I do. I think uh, clearly Jamison Crowder is the safe play here. Uh, in the last five starts, he's averaged uh, you know, a little bit under 10 targets per game. Uh, so I think his floor is very, very, you know, a, a very positive floor. He, he will not go much lower than, you know, your 12 to 15 points. You can pretty much pencil that in. Um, but we are talking about a shootout, and, and you know, Doxon brings some sexy upside where he can break that 45-yard touchdown. And But, you know, the targets aren't there. Uh, I don't really see him putting together a streak of, you know, two-plus touchdowns in the game. He needs – he's so touchdown dependent. Um, so, for me, I would be playing Crowder the rest of the way over Doxson uh, because I, I believe that both the floor and the ceiling is not too much difference uh, on the ceiling as it is with Doxson, and it's a much safer floor. So, I'm a Jamison Crowder guy all the way. Yeah, Crowder, yeah, I mean, Crowder, obviously, he's, obviously he's, he's, he's let he's, some people I, down uh, at the start of the season, uh, you know, but he's really come on, and, and if you believed in him, you're still starting him. He's certainly uh, definitely going to make you some money uh, going forward if he keeps this up. Uh, 35th place is where you guys are at in the FPC right now, Tim. Out of you know 7,000 plus teams, you have Rex Burkett on this team. And when it comes to New England running backs, you know the old adage is, well, you never know what Bill Belichick's going to do. We we've come to expect the unexpected when it comes to that. Do you have any kind of idea on how these next three weeks will go for Rex Burkhead, um, Deion Lewis, and and James White? Is it still Burkhead? And uh, Lewis, is James White just going to all of a sudden come out of nowhere with like a 30-plus point game? How do you see this going? Yeah, you know, Eric, as, as everyone knows, the Patriots just love to attack other teams' weaknesses, and that changes from game to game. Heck, it, ch it changes in the middle of games. <laughs> right. Um, so so uh, it's really hard to, to pinpoint. We have not played Rex. I mean, honestly, we've had such a great – you know, luck with having Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley and El, uh, Antonio Brown and all these like star players that we really haven't had to make that decision yet. Um, but if I were to have to 
you know, play one of these three. Um, Burkhead would be my guy. I believe that, you know, after this week, once we get out of Miami, the New England Patriots will be, you know, playing in all cold weather um, environments, most likely assuming that the weather is true to this time of year. Um, and I think that you'll see them look to more of a pounding style of, of the running game. And, and I think Burkhead brings that to the Patriots. And I think he's the most likely, I mean, he's clearly taken over with Gillisley, uh, no longer, he hasn't even been active the last couple of weeks. He's clearly the goal line guy. And so he's just the guy I think that, you know, will get the touchdowns. He can also help out in the receiving game. He's the most complete back, uh, and the, the most bruiser back that they have at this point. So, if I'm making a play out of this backfield, I do think that one of these other guys will have one bigger week, but the whole, you know, for the whole pie, I would be playing, you know, Burkhead consistently over these guys. I love just playing a guy named Rex Burkhead in cold weather <laughs> December games. You know, it just makes more sense. What's what's more snowy in December than Rex Burkhead? Well, maybe James White is in snow, but Burkhead's <laughs> my guy. Burkhead, I'm, I'm totally with you on, on that. Um, in managing not only well, let's just uh, let's stick to this team because I know over the years you and Tim have had some uh, probably um, arguments or, or conversations where you just couldn't agree uh, on what to do as far as a draft pick, as far as how much to bid, as far as who to start, who to sit. Obviously, you guys always came to some sort of conclusion on that. What was the most difficult argument that you guys had with this specific team this year, and, and how did it play out? Yeah, I mean, Tim and I have so much respect for each other. So typically when one of us are adamant about something, the other one will just simply concede. Um, I think, you know, we've we've been best friends since we've been seven. So this is this is a typical argument. We, we certainly um, had a couple of them along the way. But I think our biggest and most um, costly argument uh, was this year. It's always going to be starting and sitting um, questions here. Uh with this team being so deep, we've had so many options. And on Thanksgiving, we already had Kamara, Gurley, Antonio Brown, Thielen all in as locks. And we had to decide between Des Bryant, Carlos Hyde, and Jameson Crowder for our last spots. Um, I wanted to sit Carlos Hyde for Crowder. Um, and Tim wanted to sit Des Bryant for Crowder. Um, we decided that we would just play Hyde and Bryant and just sit Crowder. Uh-huh. And, of course, and, of course, Crowder goes off for 27.1 points. Dez goes off for not that much. He goes for 6.7 and Hyde 13.8. So Tim was technically right, but we we were both right. If we just sat either one of them, we would have won because we lost by five points despite scoring 167 points. Um, and so we lost our chance to win that league because of this decision. So, again, you know, Sometimes on our own, we pro- both probably would have played Crowder and sat there. We both probably would have won on our own, and together we lost. But more times than not, uh, it is such a benefit to have somebody to bounce things off of. Um, and honestly, it makes it much more fun to have a partner to root with. So uh, that is definitely our biggest mess-up of the season, though, to at, at this point. Hopefully it's our last one. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think the lessons we take away from this is compromise isn't always the answer. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just like, look, somebody's right, somebody's wrong, and let's let's go with it. But certainly I, I like the way that you played it. It just didn't work out. We'll see what happens going forward as well. I want to get into some um, you know championship round philosophy because when you get to these three weeks, um, you, you know, you, you cannot – there's no waivers. I mean, the waiver wire locks in, in the FPC and then the, the main event – 
Um, there's um, so, there's kind of I don't want to say there's multiple um, you know uh, points of view on this, but I I guess there kind of is. Um, the question sometimes is, do you keep uh, if you have a stud quarterback uh, or tight end, do you keep a backup quarterback or tight end? Um, is it is it good to have two kickers in case you know one of those guys goes down and you're not left kickerless? Um, for the for the remainder of the championship round. Now on this team that you guys you have a backup quarterback, tight end, and kicker. Do you think it's a mistake for owners to not have backups at those positions for these final three weeks? Yeah, I definitely for the shootout. I think it changes everything. Without being able to pick it up, pick up players, um, you're really taking a risk. Now I'm a gambler by nature, so I tend to push the envelope. Um, I really think I think that's a great question. Um, I, I do think it's not necessarily black and white. I think it really depends on your team's makeup. For us, on this team, our team was very deep. Uh, so we didn't. We decided that there's a lot of guys on our roster that we just simply would never play. So we decided to do all the backups. Um, in this, in, in most cases, actually in all cases, I think you need to have a quarterback, a backup quarterback. You need to have a backup tight end, especially in FFPC where you're getting 1.5 um, points per catch. Um, I, I can I say it's okay to gamble at at kicker, um, but again, with this year, we've already seen two kickers go down. Um, typically t- kickers don't get injured, but we've already seen that actually more than two. There's been like four kickers that right, yeah. got hurt. So there was two back to back weeks against Dallas. Um, so again, I think, I think having that position, you can't take it, the, the difference between winning this and losing this could be the difference of, of 10 points. And you don't want to sit there and look back and say, man, if I only had a kicker taking a zero is tough, is tough to really swallow the defense. Uh, typically, I only ha- I only have one um, because I just think it's uh, you know you don't have to worry about a defense getting hurt. Um, but in this case, with this team being so deep, we love the Patriots. We took the Patriots, uh, picked them up because we like their matchups, and we figured we could just stream them between them and Philly. And honestly, the year that we won this thing, we got a big big week out of our defense. And I think for anyone to win it, you need to have uh, that that difference maker at either the kicker. Or defense. So to have multiple options, we decided this year that that's what we wanted to do. Yeah, and I think with defense too, it's important to 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 know that you don't necessarily. I mean, it's not like you're taking a zero for defense if, if somebody right. goes down. Like you still have have somebody in there. Although I think this year, and I haven't obviously checked the numbers or, or looked it up, but I think there's probably a lot of people that are rolling just with the Jaguars defense um, oh, yeah. for for these final three weeks. You know, if you can stomach this home game against Seattle and Russell Wilson's been playing great obviously you get Tom Savage at home and then you go on the road uh, to face the 49ers so that makes some sense to, to just have the Jaguars uh, defense as your only defense but yeah listen I'm the same way as you man I, I gotta have the backups even if I have like Aaron Rodgers or or um, or think about the people who had Gronk that that thought that they would be fine um, you know, right. not taking a zero uh, at, at tight end uh, at all because they had Gronkowski. And now if you if you didn't back him up, you're, you're starting behind the eight ball. Uh, so very important to back those positions up. Uh, let's get into some uh, some player analysis here. And, and I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Stefan Diggs, because this is a guy that a lot of people he was he's sort of a sexy pick uh, come draft season. He kept climbing and climbing up draft boards. People were expecting big things. Uh, for him this year, and he has had uh, a few weeks where he's gone crazy, but it's actually been the Adam Thielen show in Minnesota, by and large.
large for the most uh, for the majority of the season. You look at Diggs, if you drafted him high and you're playing in the championship round, chances are you probably have to trot him out there. But how confident can you be in playing Diggs week to week over these next three uh, final weekends of football? Again, I think it really depends on what your roster makeup is. But, you know, the good thing about a shootout is that you're trying to get total points. And Diggs, like you said, has those big games. I mean, he scored 37 points earlier this season against Tampa. Um, he scored 28 or something against New Orleans. So so he is obviously that big explosion. You know, he's one game away from really changing your season. And so um, – if I had no other options, I'd be pretty confident rolling him out and hoping that, you know, I, I also have to think that you got to start looking at this as a, a tournament, like like a daily tournament type of style thing where you're looking for ownership, low ownership. And I have to think that Stefan Dig owners are not necessarily, I haven't seen the percentages yet, but I'm thinking that there's not a lot of players that have him. Um, so if he has that big 30 point week, um, that could put you ahead. So I'm, I'm saying that I'm, I'm not confident in playing him. I'm not. It's not a guy that I'm. I'm. Oh my God! I got to have Stefan Diggs. But if I have him, you know, I'm rolling with him. If I don't have better options, and there's a lot worse uh, options out there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you make a good point there. It's. Uh, it's not like you. You're putting a Diggs in there and, and you know just shrugging your shoulders. I mean, there's a reason for it. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens uh, with him and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Josh Gordon, fellow receiver, four catches, 85 yards against an elite uh, Chargers secondary this past week. This is his first game in three years. Now you look at what he's got going in week 14. He faces a very vulnerable Packers secondary. And, you know, breaking news, I just I just saw while we were recording Kevin King, the Packers uh, rookie corner, the, the six foot three Kevin King, the guy that probably could match up best against Josh Gordon, just got placed on injured reserve by Green Bay. So they will not have him. Are you ready to fire up Josh Gordon this week in all the leagues? And I don't know if you own him anywhere, uh, but if you did, are you ready to fire him up as a starter? So I own him in this league over the, on this team, and we have him, and we have uh, Thielen, and we have Brown, and we have Crowder, and so we have a big decision to make. You're asking the wrong guy here because I am the big, <laughs> I am the biggest Josh Gordon fan there is. I think this guy is one of the most talented receivers I've ever seen play. There's just a difference when you watch him play. You watch his athletic ability. You watch his size, his unique speed. His hands are amazing. I think this guy is the best overall receiver. Now, obviously, to say something like that, he hasn't played, so I get it. But I'm going to roll with him. And I'm going to lose with him because this is a shootout. I'm going to win with him. I'm going to lose with him because uh, this is a shootout. And he is absolutely capable of breaking three, you know, 50-plus yard catches. As a matter of fact, last week, Kaiser had him three times pat in the, uh, deep in the secondary. And that was against a Ramsey. You know, he's going against one of the best corners in the game. Um, so, I, I mean, so, um, so at the end of the day, I, I just sit there and look at, at Josh Gordon and know what huge upside he brings. And unless you have, you know, Antonio Brown and Julio Jones, and I, I really think that this guy has to be in your lineups. Yeah, I, I mean, you think about uh, a potential difference maker for this championship round. There's probably plenty of people that picked up Josh Gordon at, at some point this season and uh, are inserting him in lineups right now. You talk about a guy that might not be owned by everybody. He's a guy that could – 
uh, definitely propel teams up the standings. Very exciting to see what he does, not just for fantasy, but, but just in general to see what he's able to do uh, for uh, for himself and for the Browns uh, on the field uh, going forward. He's uh, also a guy. He's a guy that you want to root for right, too. I yeah. mean, his guys went through up and downs, and it's a it would be a nice feel good story, you know, to see him do well. So I'm rooting for him certainly. Well, and you think about it just from like a personal aspect. Look at everything Josh Gordon's overcome. You apply it to your own personal life. Like, look what he's doing. I'm not facing that kind of adversity, and and he's you know being one of the best players in the NFL. So it, it's certainly uh it's uh, inspiration for each and every one of us to go out there and and be the best person we can be. We know that we're starting Tim Keenan Allen the rest of the way, uh, but what about as we look forward to 2018? As I am always want to do on this show, is this guy back to being a first round pick in the main event in football guys drafts again? Is I mean he he's been healthy all season. He's been putting up numbers, especially lately with uh, with Philip Rivers. He's on fire. You look at next year. I know it's kind of early, but is he a guy that you'd look at in the first round? Yeah, you know, so he's definitely a TNT guy. We are, um, you know, big into the guys who catch the ball. I love guys who, you know, you can consistently count on. Uh, t- touchdown dependent guys, I tend to try to avoid um, when. When you know when when drafting in the first round, um, I think he will be a late to early first round, early second round pick. For me, I don't think he catches enough touchdowns uh, to warrant being a first round pick. I think you know there's a lot of injury concern. This is the first year he's been able to stay uh, healthy. Um, we we see him. Um, you know he's only had five touchdowns to this point. Four of them have been over the last three weeks. He keeps that up. That might change my mind. Um, but I think, you know, certainly he's going to be in the conversation as a first-round pick. For me, he's going to be a guy right around the turn. I'm going to be looking to, to try and get my running back early. Um, there's not a lot of those guys that are going to be out there next year. We already know how thin it is. Um, and I think that the the big boom guys, you know, are, the, are more sexier picks than Keenan Allen. So I think that there's going to be the Mike Evans of the world who are going to jump him, the Odell Beckhams. But right after that tier, I think, is a great spot for him. And I'm hoping that we're, we have a late pick in the draft next year so that he's a you know 1A type of receiver. So um, I certainly see him being a, a, a first-round quality pick, but I, I think he's more like a, a early second round. Not a bad way to start off uh, your draft as Keenan Allen uh, being your second player. That that would certainly uh, be a way I'd like to start off my drafts in 2018 for sure. Uh, before we get to 2018, we have to finish 2017 championship round, as I alluded to earlier. Here for both the FFPC main event and the Football Guys Players Championship. And plenty of people, Tim, are in this championship round, maybe in their first year playing. I mean, that's certainly possible. I've seen it on, on Twitter. People are... Uh, have never played before, and they get into the championship round their very first year. And now they might be faced with a decision, um, obviously on a week-to-week basis, but you look at Hunter Henry, a guy who has um, kind of been all over the map as over the course of a season. He, he struggled from the get-go, and then he's really come on the last few weeks. You look at uh, his schedule uh, for, for week 14. He's got Washington. He's got that chief secondary that's been pretty vulnerable in week 15. And then he faces the Jets in week 16. Uh, I, I, it's going to depend upon your roster, obviously. But how, how good it, would you feel about starting Hunter Henry in this tight end premium format over these, uh, these next, three, next three weeks or any of the next three weeks? Yeah, I, I really would have no problems 
putting Hunter Henry out there. I think he's an elite talent. Um, I think that there's no, it, it's certainly no coincidence that the emergence of Keenan Allen has opened things up for Hunter Henry. Uh, and so moving forward, I, the, the one negative is, is there's not really a lot of target share there. But, I mean, if you look at it, you're getting 13, 14, 13 targets to Keenan Allen. At some point, that's going to kind of have to shift, I, I would think. Maybe not. Um, so I, I think Hunter Henry – is going to continue to 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 produce. Um, I certainly don't think he's my number one tight end, but uh, if you're if you have him and you got guys like um, you know, lower end tight ends, uh, this is a guy that I would consistently roll out there with no question. Um, and I guess on a week to week basis, if I had a, a you know Evan Ingram type, those are the types type of guys that I would have to kind of week to week look at the matchup. But for the most part, I'm playing Hunter Henry. Yeah, he's, he's definitely trending in the right direction, definitely peaking at the right time. Uh, Tim, you have your TNT franchise definitely peaking at the right time, too. Before I let you go, last question I want to ask you. A sleeper, uh, not necessarily maybe, you know, on, on one of your teams, but just a sleeper in general for people um, you know, mulling over these lineup decisions uh, that you might think actually might not be the greatest decision now, but, but when the week's over, you think that he uh, might put up good numbers uh, and people would be wise to get them in their lineup. And then a, a stud that uh, a lot of people will be starting, but you don't think is, is going to be in for a good week 14. Those two players, sir. So I guess I can't say Josh Gordon because that's not really a sleeper. Um, but that would be my guy. Um, I, I think there's a couple of guys that I'm not even sure if are on rosters. Um, you know, I, I think each position has a, has a guy that I'm, I'm considering playing. One is Steven Anderson, tight end. Um, for Houston, if uh, I really think with all the injuries here, Stephen Anderson is is a very very talented pass catcher, um, and I think he could make some noise here. Um, Mike Davis has been quietly sneaking into this backfield. I know Seattle. Pete Carroll wants a guy. Thomas Rawls and um, Eddie Lacy's clearly not getting this thing cut. Um, not cutting it here. And um, I, I think Mike Davis actually this week is a really good matchup against Jacksonville. Um, I think that they'll, they will try to pound the ball. Um, so I'm, I'm looking for Mike Davis to have a really good week. And the guy that honestly me and Tim are considering playing is Deshaun Kaiser. Um, again, we, we love the, the, the offensive tools are there. He rushes the ball. Njoko has been been very, very serviceable the last couple of weeks. Seth Duvall, you got Corey, Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon, uh, and Kenny Britt. And so you got – and don't forget Duke Johnson. So you got a lot of weapons here on offense in Cleveland. And I think the guy that's kind of going to get overlooked is Deshaun Kaiser. We've picked him up, and we're considering playing him this week over Dak to give us that combo advantage in this shootout. And so, so – I guess ultimately, I guess that's going to be the guy that I'm going to say is my number one sleeper this week. A lot of people will not be owning or, or looking at, and that's someone we picked up is Deshaun Kaiser. Um, the, uh, the the duds for this week, you know, I, I don't, I can't see Doug Baldwin producing at all against Jacksonville. Um, I, I don't really think they'll target him much. I think it's it's going to be a a stretch to get over 12 points. Um, so Doug Baldwin's a guy that I would be looking for other options. Now, obviously, in a shootout format, it is so difficult to sit, sit your studs. I don't recommend doing it unless you have an unbelievable advance, you know, other option. But he's a guy that I would not really want to have this week. And then lastly would be uh, also Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, he has been dealing with these injuries. The, the, the production, yeah, he had a decent week this week. 
But going against that Seattle, Seattle rush defense, I don't see him rushing for over 60 yards this week. And I really think they're going to struggle. Uh, so those would be my two guys, Baldwin and Fournette, that that I would not be thrilled to have in my lineups this week. Yeah, and they and they play each other too. So it, certainly, exactly. if if, uh, if the if it is a low scoring game, uh, Baldwin and and Fournette, you don't expect to have um, you know uh, big numbers this week. Uh, the Kaiser thing is interesting to me too. I like that because it's it's like if you believe Josh Gordon is is this elite talent, which you obviously do, and many people among my, you know myself included uh, believe that Gordon's this elite talent. You look at Njoku, a first round pick on this team, Duke Johnson, who's been basically their best weapon all season, and then Corey Coleman who missed most of the season with an injury. The weapons are there for Kaiser, and like you said, he can use his legs as well. You look at Dak Prescott and how he's been without Ezekiel Elliott. I I, I think that, that Kaiser might actually be the play over Prescott this week. Time will tell. I wish you best of luck on that. Best of luck in the FPC uh, championship round and all your leagues, Tim. Thanks so much for joining the uh, High Stakes Lowdown this week. Much appreciated. 2011 main event champion. We'll see uh, if you can add to that this year. Thanks again, man. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.